This is Dave Orsborn with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, bringing you a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, the Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus. Bishop Brennan desires to share with us the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth, and to encourage us to live and share the gospel in our lives. Today is Wednesday, November 18th. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you. Um, thank you, Dave. It's, I'm glad to be with you today. Yeah, thank you. Now, earlier this week, you participated in the Fall uh, Bishops' Conference um, remotely. I, I imagine it was difficult. Well, on the one hand, good for you to be at home and 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 you know and all the comforts that, that come well, with being at home. Well, it had its it it had its um, blessings and its uh, challenges. I imagine so, you missed the uh, yeah. fellowship and the prayers. Uh, in Absolutely, and that was that's a big big drawback. So um, you know, as you realize, we weren't together in June at all. We didn't even meet virtually. Um, we didn't, and this time it was um, only virtually. So there are a lot of uh, people who I really only get to see when we gather. Um, and so that's a loss. I, I missed seeing some of the bishops. We do encourage each other. We do trade stories and, uh, and, and, the, and, and we do pray together. And that's always been, to me, a great source of strength. So by all means, I, I miss that an awful lot. Um, and, um, and then the other thing is um, that you know you, you don't get to do things at the same level you normally would. I, I I've been saying around here, um, I don't mind being virtuous, but I'm tired of being virtual. <laughs> right. <laughs> on the other hand, on the other hand, it did change the uh, the the meeting somewhat and gave us a chance to approach it in a little bit of a different way. So, for example, mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, I'll just say, first of all, it's amazing when what you can do when you have to do. We got the meeting down to two afternoons. It used to be almost a week. <laughs> so you realize, that's wow. That's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> that's a plus. And certainly it was good not to have to leave the diocese um, for that period of time. Um, <clears throat> but we did things differently. So, first of all... Um, there are a lot of committee reports, and those are very important. And you can't do this all the time, but what we did is we skipped those. We did not have them reported in person, except for a couple of select committees. By and large, they were sent out for us to read. And uh, so we have to take that extra sense of discipline to read the material ourselves, not just to get a synopsis uh, from the chair. Uh, and and it does it, you, often you would have questions. There'd be back and forth a little bit of a discussion after that. But you know what? If you have to dispense something, that was a good thing to dispense. The second thing is I don't know if people realize it, but a lot of our time is spent in small groups in the regions. Our region, of course, is Ohio and Michigan, mm -hmm. and the way that the conference does consultations is they begin by putting a couple of questions out um, to, to, to be discussed at the regional level. And I know myself, I'm more comfortable speaking up in those settings in a small group discussion back and forth than getting online and speaking at the microphone. So, um, so, so this is a way that 
a lot of voices can be heard without everybody having to get up and speak at the microphone. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, we normally do that, and what we did this time is uh, the regional chairs, in this case Bishop Thomas, were asked to convene us together for a phone call or a Zoom conversation. And so we had that chance. We we spoke. Um, and you know what? To a certain extent, <clears throat> not being constrained to a time in a room and an agenda, it also gave us a chance to share at a, a, a deeper level. You know, So we did the homework, but we also were able to reflect on some of our experiences here, particularly in Ohio and Michigan. And then those go back into the um, committees, and that gets worked up to more specific proposals, which then comes back to the whole body to discuss. So, you know, the small group things took place at another time. In the end, what that meant is we had a few things. We had some elections. We elected a new secretary. The job of the secretary general of the of the uh, conference is a very, very hard job. Um, Monsignor Brian Bransfield has done it for the last how many years? And um, Father Jeffrey um, Burrell. Je- Je- Monsignor Burrell is um, the associate general secretary. Mm-hmm. And so... His responsibility is managing the whole office, but also he's interacting with all the bishops. Imagine he has like 250 bosses. Wow. <laughs> and 250 bosses who used to be bosses. And, and <laughs> <So>. 250 <laughs> opinions, right? And 250 <laughs> opinions, exactly. So he's, it's not an easy job, but he does it well. He did, but Monsignor Bransfield did it well, and I'm sure Father Jeffrey uh, will do it well. But we did all of that beforehand by paper. And so the now, instead of having the elections, and the same with committee chair people, that was all done ahead of time and it was just announced. You know what that left us time for? Pastoral discussions. Nice. In a different way than we've had before. Now, again, time was limited, <clears throat> but. This wasn't the only place where those discussions were taking place. So we had pastoral discussions about um, about racism and um, following up on our discussions on the pastoral letter, Open Wide Our Hearts. We had some reports back from Bishop Favre, who's, who heads the ad hoc committee um, to fight racism. We had some really good feedback from different bishops on their experience in their places, but we also had ha- already had the discussion at the local level. So there was a, even though only a part of it would be seen on the um, website or on the TV, we had a lot of discussion about it. Um, and, and that was edifying. We learned from each other and we learned from each other's experience. The same with COVID. Um, and um, we had a very good conversation. And you know what was eye-opening for me? is the experience in different parts of the country. So um, one one bishop whom I know, uh, Bishop Wall, he's the uh, chair of the Board of the Josephinum. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the experience on the reservations and how it's very different there and um, and how many are susceptible to the disease and, um, and, the, and how it affected the whole community. He spoke about how in his part of the world um, – where he is, um, there are big, big swaths of places with no internet, no cellular, no kind of access whatsoever. So people um, did not have, you know, we talk about all the Zoom conferences. People didn't have that opportunity. 
you know, it just gave, it was good to hear the experiences of other people and to put that into perspective. And then there was a great conversation about the Eucharist and people's longing for the Eucharist. Yeah. So um, we spoke, sadly, we spoke about the, um, the, the McCarrick report and, Time and time again, um, we, we have to pray for those who are victimized. We have to pray for all the victims of sexual abuse. That's got to be so, so important in our priorities. Um, and we certainly needed to do that together. And um, we as a church and you know everywhere, we need to do that. Um, but we spoke about things that may have been learned, what we still need to learn, what we, and, and there was a beautiful sense of our turning to the Lord of prayer, of penance, reparation. Um, so at that, you know, on the one hand, the meeting was difficult. There were many obstacles. But on the other hand, I sensed the meeting in a different way this time. It was a really strong pastoral reflection. That's fantastic. And no, of course, that you're in our prayers and our and our listeners lift uh you, all the bishops, our, our priests in, in prayer every day, and and that's our way of participating with you. I hear it on the radio, and I am so grateful for those prayers. They really do a lot to 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 lift me up, and really to to build up that communion of the church. Thank you for that. Absolutely, and here close to home in Youngstown, a new bishop was announced just yes. yesterday. Yes, you know, yesterday I was invited up to Walsh University for the installation of the new president. Although, again, because of COVID, things are a little slow, so he's not quite so new. Right. (laughs) But uh, but Dr. Tim Collins. So I was in the Diocese of Youngstown yesterday because I was invited to do it because they didn't have a bishop. And we do have students, and it's an important university for our diocese. So I'm up there, but I said, oh boy, I'm already usurping the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the territory of, uh, of, of the newly appointed bishop. Yes, Father David Bonner, I should say Bishop-elect David Bonner of the Diocese of Pitch, Pittsburgh is now the sixth um, bishop of Youngstown. So we continue to pray for Bishop Murray. Uh, God be good to him. But um, it is a, a cause for great joy for that diocese, for, for our neighbors to the Northeast. Yes, and um, now I think all all the bishops are in place, or, or will we, be in Ohio, place in Ohio, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, and I'm grateful to the work of um, our, our nuncio to Archbishop Pierre, who will be coming here in December. Um, I'm grateful to him. Um, because he really worked so hard at the pastoral needs of the church. And, I mean, between Cleveland and uh, Youngstown, um, he he moved things along pretty quickly and efficiently. So uh, it is a cause of great joy for us. Wonderful. And yesterday afternoon, Governor DeWine had some COVID updates uh, for the people of Ohio, uh, announced a curfew uh, starting this evening, I believe, or uh, today's Wednesday, so tomorrow evening from 10 p.m. until 5 a.m., still encouraging masks and social distancing. And then I, I heard secondhand that he also encouraged people to reach out, write letters, and stay in touch with uh, those that may be isolated. Yes. I, again, I was... Um 
tuned in uh, to the uh, bishops' meeting, so I didn't get to see it. I was watching for the headlines, and uh, and I guess. I know that the curfew is tough on a lot of businesses, and, and I regret that. Um, I am glad that it's not more of a shutdown uh, because that really does hurt people a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it hurts. It hurts a lot of workers, and so um, so so that much is good. Um, but I think he's setting the right tone, and that's a tone that we are looking at here. That we have to say, all right, everybody. Time to really um, be attentive. Uh, pe- people have been great. The governor, by the way, has po- pointed out that uh, the churches have been been great. People are, are, are just so generous, um, and and they are looking out for one another. Um, and so, you know, I it is it is um, important that we take the measures, things like the distancing and the mask wearing seriously. Some of the things he mentioned earlier last week do affect us a little. So, for example, um, our prayer together, everything's a go. We just do it with real vigilance. Some of our meetings and things that don't that are not, strictly speaking, worship, some of our things that we started to do in person – we're rethinking and saying maybe we should try to go back to doing what we can virtually or in other ways. As the winter months come upon us and the challenges become a little bit greater, it's a little harder to open the windows or go outside, we realize that we have to take a pause on some of those things. Um, so even some of the things that were started up in our parishes, we may have to rethink mm-hmm. and say, I'm sorry. We just we have to give priority to our worship and to our education a lot of our catechesis has been done on remotely. In some places, it's been done on, in person, and they're going back to a remote way. We, that's important because you know we're taking kids from different places and putting them together. They, they, they they're in the same groups um, all week long, and then all of a sudden we create a new group. So, um, but maybe some of the society meetings, some of our works, we have to just go back to finding new ways of meeting. Um, and uh, and that's hard. That's a sacrifice. But I think if we sacrifice those things, that protects our ability to worship and our ability to gather for some of the important things. And yeah, I don't know. I didn't hear the the, the piece the conference directly, but I would agree with him. And that's something we've been trying to be attentive to. And parishes were great about this when when everything you know we had the stay at home order. But how can we be in touch? And yeah, letter writing is a lost art, isn't it, Dave? It sure is. And I, I remember growing up, I had uh, one aunt in uh, particular, and just a wonderful letter writer. And yeah. and those, she would write letters to me when I was away in college. And, and those are things, you know, there was just something about opening a letter and and knowing that she took the time to yeah. express her love that way. Uh, was very special it is and you know we recognize yes it's great we're doing a great job keeping in touch with people by email but um but there is something to first of all many who are isolated don't have that same access Mm -hmm. 
And there is something to sitting down and writing something out and reaching out. Again, you know, we talk about the blessings and the obstacles, the challenges. Um, one of the blessings is these days I've been a little bit more cognizant of people who I'm not in touch with so much. Mm-hmm. And reaching out to them either by email or whatnot. You know, Thanksgiving's going to be different for me this year. It's going to be different for all of us, right? Right. I'm not going to. Ha- we're not going to have the full gathering of people. Um, but not being able to do what we normally do also raises my consciousness to people who, even at Thanksgiving, I might not be able to reach out to and say, "Okay, you know." Some cases maybe a letter. Some cases a quick email. Um, but. These these days give us an opportunity to think about those who are even further because we're all, in a sense, the same distance from one another now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but maybe we could reach out to those who we don't normally keep up with. Well, in this extreme charity, a, a term that we've used um, yeah. this year, is, is really at the heart of the gospel this coming Sunday uh, from Matthew chapter 25 with the, uh, uh, the goats and the sheep. Um, that's right. And this is, uh, the conclusion of our liturgical year, the, uh, mass this coming Sunday, the 22nd of November, the solemnity of our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the universe. I love, love that title. It's bold. I know you do. And isn't it? Yeah, right. It's bold. That's right. And you know what? When you say Jesus Christ is King of the universe, that means nobody else is. Right. Well, are, are you nothing are you, else is? Are you familiar with the uh, acronym GOAT? No. Uh, greatest of all time. It, it's used a lot in, uh, like in sports terms. Who's okay. the the uh, quarterback? Yeah. Greatest now that of you all meant, time. Put it that way, yeah. it, it's really a celebrity culture and sports yeah. and everything. But this really is even, not even so much more. When we proclaim Jesus Christ, King of the Universe, and so much of the modern culture is walking away from him, pushing him out. And you know, the, the, I, I yesterday I was I mentioned I was at the installation of the new president, and his address was just remarkable. But you know, he he spoke about the central event in human history is that of the incarnation and everything before it points to it and everything after flows from it. And, and we're at a moment right now where the culture, we use that term, the culture is more to push him out. And, um, and that's when we lose sight of truth, objective truth. That's where we lose sight, believe it or not, of mercy. Mm. And that's where we lose sight of um, infinite love. Um, Jesus Christ, King of the universe, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, King of the universe. Yeah, um, this weekend says it all. And this year, the church, as you mentioned before, gives us for the gospel reading that account from Matthew 25, the sheep and the goats. Um, I, I, I can't hear that without seeing Mother Teresa. She came to the cathedral in Rockville Center once, mm. and, and I can't get the image of her holding her hand up. I can't get this image out of my head and w- with the five fingers and just holding the five fingers out there and saying, you did it for me. And mm. she offered that as a conscience um, examination. At the end of the day, what did I do for the good 
You did it for me. What did I do to, for, for Christ in the people around me? And, and what did I do harmfully for people around me? Because even there, you did it for me. Amen. You know, Amen. So, and, and I think this year, too, through all the COVID and through all the other yep. division and unrest, th- this is really where our church shines, is in mm. our creativity to care for others. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've seen that time and time again. And so it it, it is a happy occurrence that this year's that Matthew's account um, of the gospel is read to us this year that we conclude the year uh, on that note of um, the really the works of mercy amen Amen. good so Bishop thank you so much for the update and for being with us today Uh, can you leave us with your blessing by all means Lord God, you sent us your Son, Jesus Christ, as our Lord and Savior, as universal King of the universe. Turn our hearts to him, O Lord. Help us to mirror his charity and love to the world. Help us to recognize him in one another. Grant us your healing during these days of the pandemic. Grant us your healing that we may see the dignity of of you, our creator, in every human person, that we may safeguard the dignity of human life and the dignity of every person. Through Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. Of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Bishop Brennan. Friends, you've been listening to the Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan. We now rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress.